You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. James, the Lord's brother, technically his half-brother, is who I believe penned this little epistle, and I think there's pretty good evidence for that. How do we know if it was this James, the Lord's brother? Well, first of all, the James that writes this, he writes it, and here's how he opens. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. But all he says about himself is James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He assumes that his readers, his audience, knows which James he is, because there was a lot of James. The epistle of James is one of many gems of the Bible that several well-known scholars have referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament. This letter is also largely recognized as having been written by the very brother of our Lord. But how do we know for sure? In today's message, Pastor Danny will introduce us to this remarkable epistle while providing several portions of Scripture as evidence for James' authorship. In his study, you'll gain a better understanding of the history of this letter. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of James, chapter 1, with today's edition of The Living Word. This little epistle called James, uh, the introduction, and you need to please pay attention to what I'm about to say, these few words for these few minutes, because the introduction on this little epistle is a message in itself. It's, as far as we know, the first New Testament book written, oldest New Testament book. There are four choices of who may have written the book. What I mean is there are four possible Jameses that could have written the book. Uh, the first is James, son of Alphaeus. James, son of Alphaeus, you find in Mark 3 to 18, other scriptures too, but there uh, you find that he's one of the apostles. He's the son of Alphaeus. Some believe this particular James was also a brother of Matthew, another apostle. The reason they believe that is because when you read in Mark's gospel, chapter 2, verse 14, you find Levi Matthew, also an apostle, the son of a man named Alphaeus. And some people believe that Matthew and this James were actually brothers. We don't know for sure, but they could have been. Second possibility is James, the father of a man who must have been known to them, named Judas. Now, not Judas Iscariot. But James, the father of Judas, he was also an apostle, Luke chapter 6, verse 16. Third choice is James, the son of Zebedee. James, the son of Zebedee, is the older brother of John. James and John were fishermen. Jesus called them uh, from their life of fishing to become disciples and then designated as apostles. Uh, James and John had anger issues. How do we know that? One time going through a Samaritan village, uh, the Samaritans didn't treat Jesus too well, and James and John said to Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven on these guys? And Jesus turned and rebuked them, and I take it as he rebuked James and John for their wrong attitude toward these Samaritans. The fourth and final choice is James. He's called the Lord's brother. He's technically the Lord's half-brother. Uh, no matter what other churches, and I'm not bashing the Catholic Church. I'm just saying that they're wrong. They're especially wrong on this one where they say Mary was a perpetual, is a perpetual virgin. She's not. Mark chapter 6, verse 3, uh, makes that very clear. Mark chapter 6, Jesus teaches in a synagogue in his own hometown. They're amazed at his teaching. They say, where did this guy get this wisdom? And he even does miracles. And then they say, 
Verse 3, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They don't name the sisters, but all these kids are siblings of Jesus. These are children that Mary and Joseph had after Mary conceived miraculously by the Holy Spirit and then gave birth to this miraculous child, Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Imagine being the younger brother or sister of Jesus. <laughs> he never did anything wrong. Golly. James, the Lord's brother, technically his half-brother, is who I believe penned this little epistle, and I think there's pretty good evidence for that. How do we know if it was this James, the Lord's brother? Well, first of all, the James that writes this, he writes it, and here's how he opens. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. But all he says about himself is James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He assumes that his readers, his audience, knows which James he is, because there was a lot of James. He assumes they'll know which one he is. How would they know? Well, he's writing to a Jewish, Jewish audience, 12 tribes scattered because of persecution. And so they're all over the world of that day. And he assumes they'll know which James is writing the letter. Now, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What a wonderful thing that God recorded this for us to let us know. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. What I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and after his resurrection, that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, but some have fallen asleep. Some have gone to be with the Lord. Then he appeared to, get this, James. And then to the apostles, and last of all, Paul says he appeared to me as one abnormally born. James there is James, the Lord's half-brother. He personally appeared to his own brother after the resurrection. Why? Because there was a calling on his life. Galatians chapter 1. Don't lose me. I told you a few minutes of introduction, but if you hang with me, you're going to see something tremendous here. Galatians chapter 1 verse 19. Saul of Tarsus converted, becomes the apostle Paul after he's saved. Before going back to Jerusalem, he goes into Arabia. He's personally discipled uh, by Jesus Christ. Then he goes back to Jerusalem and he says, after three years, verse 18, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter. Stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. Oh, it gets better. You get to Galatians chapter 2, verse 8. Paul says, for God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars key leaders in the church, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. And the James he's talking about is the James he mentions in chapter 1, the Lord's brother. In Acts 12, remember, people are at Mary's house. They're praying. They're specifically praying for Peter. Peter's in prison. And they're praying, God, deliver Peter out of the prison. Well, next thing you know, Peter shows up at the door. 
Servant girl answers the door, goes back to everybody in the prayer meeting and says, hey, Peter's here. He's at the door. They say, you're crazy. He's in prison. We're praying for him. Finally, they realize it's Peter. They invite him in. He motions with his hand, silences the crowd there, who's no doubt just amazed that he's here. And he waves with his hand, and when the crowd calms, he says, Now, go tell James and the brothers that I've been delivered. Go tell James. Key leader in the church. Remember Acts 15? Council of the elders get together in Jerusalem and they debate the question of whether you have to be circumcised according to the law of Moses to really be saved. Not just faith in Christ, but you got to be circumcised. They debate and it goes on no doubt a long time. Peter gets up and says something. This guy gets up and says something. And finally, at the conclusion of the meeting, after they've all shared, guess who the final word was? James gets up and he says, we've talked about it. Here's my opinion. And that opinion is what they put in writing that they all agreed to. But James was the final word in that meeting. Acts chapter 21, Paul appeals to Caesar. He's on his way to Jerusalem to stand before Caesar, or to Rome, but on his way, uh, he, he goes to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, it says, Acts 21, verse 17, we arrived in Jerusalem, and he and those with him went to see James and all the elders were with him. Most believe that James became, if you will, the senior pastor of the Jewish church in Jerusalem. Not Peter. One more. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Get this. When Peter came to Antioch, Paul says, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James... He used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Peter is so intimidated by James and his reputation and his position as a pillar in the church. What's the point? Why is it important that we know who wrote the letter? Well, the evidence seems to support that it was James, the Lord's brother. And that really is a message all in itself. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of James. Each time you open the word, there's potential to learn. The New Testament letter from James is no exception. In its pages, you'll continue to find advice and practical application for living as a follower of Jesus. James emphasizes that faith is more than just words. It needs to be backed up by action. You live your faith out every day in how you interact with your family, friends, and co-workers, and what you spend your time doing. We hope that today you've been encouraged by the words of this book and that you've been inspired to show your faith to the world around you. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Pastor Danny Hodges right now, you can do so by visiting our website ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons. 
you'll be directed to our YouTube page where you can watch a number of Calvary Chapel Fellowship services and subscribe to our channel. Come connect with us on social media as well. You'll find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join in the conversations there. Feel free to connect with us too, and we'll add some encouragement to your newsfeed. You'll be able to find links to all of these at our website, ccfstpete.church. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, and we hope that you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.